Support comes from the San Juan Islands. Spring in the San Juans can provide time to slow down and savor the scenery of quiet beaches, hiking, biking, and whale watching on Lopez, Orcas, and San Juan Island and Friday Harbor. Learn more at visitsanjuans.com. Set your mind to island time. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Friday. This is Seattle Now. This week, it's almost time to fill out your ballots, and the Seattle Chamber of Commerce is talking about what voters are thinking. Cable company Xfinity is making it harder for hockey fans to release the Kraken, and a Seattle to Bainbridge ferry got a big red makeover from Coca-Cola. Too Beautiful to Live co-host Andrew Walsh and KUOW reporter Casey Martin are here to break down the week. But first, let's get you caught up. Seattle City Light is raising rates next year to recoup millions of dollars in losses from this year. Customers, you can expect to see an increase of almost 10%. Seattle Times reports the warm, dry weather made it a particularly poor year for hydropower production. In addition, a wildfire disrupted dam operations over the summer. The utility says there'll be a 4% surcharge on bills to help replenish emergency funds on top of a 4.5% rate increase approved by Seattle City Council last fall. UW football has a big game coming tomorrow against Oregon. It's so big, ESPN is bringing its weekly college football show, College Game Day, to Seattle. Watch out for extra traffic around the university district. The game starts at 1230, which means it'll probably let out around 330 or 4. This is the first time in the 123-year history of the Huskies-Ducks rivalry that both teams have been ranked top 10 at the time of the game. So it's going to be a good one. And it's Friday the 13th today and Halloween in a few weeks. How about a scary movie? If you want some old school horror, the original Friday the 13th is playing at the Sip Egyptian downtown tonight. Central Cinema in the Central District is showing the 2021 Candyman remake now through Tuesday. And Taylor Swift's Eras Tour movie comes out throughout the city today. That one's not scary, but the crowds probably will be. It is Friday once again. Hope your rain gear was on point this week. Andrew Walsh is here. He's the co-host of the Too Beautiful to Live podcast. Hey, Andrew, really glad you're here. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, and KOW reporter Casey Martin is here. Always good to have you on, Casey. Hey, Trish. Thanks for having me. All right, let's do this. King County is getting ready to send out voters' guides next week. Ballots are going to go in the mail, too. The election is less than a month away which is a perfect time for the Seattle Metropolitan Chamber of Commerce, which represents thousands of businesses, to drop a survey of voters. Unsurprisingly, crime and public safety are climbing up the ranks, at least according to this survey, may soon overtake homelessness as the top issue here in the city of Seattle. Of the 700 voters included in the survey, 48% said they're most concerned or frustrated about crime, drugs, and public safety, which is up 10 points since March. That's a shift, of course. But any thoughts? Because after reporting on these issues for a while, they're all connected. They are all connected. So I'm curious how you two read this. Yeah, I I think that this reflects a lot of the the conversation that 
we're, we're hearing from businesses and certainly emerging from the pandemic, there was multiple issues of like how to get people downtown, not only workers, but tourists and, 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 and crime and retail theft is a thing that a lot of people point to and talk about. Um, I, I would, I'm always curious about these polls because there, there's just not a lot of nuance. There's not a yeah. lot of you know details into this. And instead there is just kind of this kind of building narrative of like, you know, things are unsafe, things are um, you know not okay for businesses. I, I share similar uh, thoughts on this. Um, and for me, the word narrative that you use there, Casey, is really important too, because um, a lot of this has to do with narrative, not facts. This is a poll. This is about people's opinions. And it's a poll from a group that has a very specific agenda. We all have agendas. I'm not saying having an agenda makes the Chamber of Commerce wrong in any way. They should be looking out for the people they represent, but they represent businesses, you know. And for me, when we talk about narrative, we get into this kind of swirling cacophony of equating crime with poverty and homelessness. Mm. And we even see this in some of these results, as it was written up in the KUOW article I was reading, that people are saying crime is a huge factor. And one of the things we should do is sweep homeless encampments. And I don't think that's fair. A lot of the crime that is reported happens to the most vulnerable people in our society. The people who are in those camps are often the victims of the crimes. But we who are housed don't often see it that way. And we just see we see people living on the street and we equate it to crime. And I'm not saying that there's no overlap there. Of course, it's a very complicated issue. And I think there's often a disconnect between what Seattleites say they're concerned about and what the biggest issues actually are in a city. And so there was a time when crime was actually down, but Seattle residents felt less secure than ever, according to polls. This is a couple of years ago. Crime is not down right now, so I want to make that clear. But I thought it was really interesting that during a time when crime was down, Seattle residents were were reporting that they felt less safe than ever. And just because people say they feel less safe doesn't mean they are less safe. And I want to put out something else into this conversation that I, I feel like I have to because I read the comments of my neighbors and people who are not as steeped in the news and in these stories as maybe this panel is, right? People are encountering situations they don't understand how to deal with, right? Simple post on Nextdoor, which generally, I'll just say it, I consider a little bit of a cesspool most of the time, but I read it because I like to stay informed about what people are talking about. You know, somebody posted about a guy who who looked fairly normal, quote unquote normal, walking up to their doorstep in the middle of the night, taking the cushions off of their like lounge chair, sleeping, waking up at some point, barfing, vomiting, grabbing his crap, leaving some trash and splitting, right? The outrage over this situation was seemed over the top to me on some levels as somebody who's reported on crime and homelessness and drug dependency in this city for more than a decade. But at the same time, I have encountered things in this city like that, that are upsetting, that I am challenged to deal with as well. So we're dealing with a perception of crime, a feeling of unsafety, and a reality that not everybody is equipped to handle the things that present to themselves every day. Yeah, it, it's a very real thing. And uh, Trish, I, I I think you're exactly right. There's this feeling of like, well, what do I do? You know, how, who do I call? What what is the best response to this? And I think that right now, uh, not only in the city, but it, but in society, we just don't have um, all the best 
resources available. Not every situation right now, we just uh, our really option is calling 911. And very likely a police officer with a badge and a gun is going to show up uh, to any emergency. Um, and there are so many emergencies where people need help. Uh, people need outreach and they need resources and they, they really just don't need another brush with law enforcement. But right now, there's very limited options about who to call. And so it kind of gets lumped in of like, well, if you see something, best call the police and hopefully it works out. And uh, yeah. I don't think that's the yeah. best system. And we're just it's not giving people the best options. Yeah. And, you know, Rachel Smith, the president and CEO of the chamber in discussing this poll said we have to all have stake in improving Seattle's civic health, and no one benefits when residents don't see visible progress on the critical challenges we face. And, you know, that gets to that nuance that's really lacking, right? Because what does that even mean, visible progress? You know, the problem is obvious to anyone who's looking, but progress is not an obvious thing all the time. And truth, right? The city's leaders are struggling with agreeing on what the next steps are for so many of these things. And one thing has to follow the other. And to go back to the idea of polling people and and getting their opinions, not that we shouldn't know what people's opinions are, what our neighbors' opinions are, um, but you do want to think about what the agenda is of the groups who are doing the polling as well, right? And I think this is relevant. Um, I go to a lot of Mariners games, as we've discussed on the show a lot. And after I go to a Mariners game, I always get an email that says, hey, how was your experience? Please take our poll. I've Ooh. always ignored them. Um, and near the end of this season, I got one of them. And just for fun, I clicked on it. And um, I really expected it to be like, how did you like the $18 beers? You know, like, <laughs> like how was the view? I expect it to be very much about the game going experience. But I believe the very first question and several of the first questions and then prominent throughout the poll was, how safe did you feel? How safe did you feel coming up to the stadium? How safe did you feel on the bus? Did you take a bus? How safe? And I screen capped all this stuff because I think that down the line, when the Seattle Mariners once again asked the the mayor's office to do a sweep in that area, which they did in the middle of the summer around the All-Star game, they're going to have all this data saying, look, people are scared to come to the park. Otherwise, we'd be we'd be raking in profits, which they are. Um, but the reason is their poll asked all these questions. I really thought it was a, a poll about going to the ballpark, not wow. something tricking me into kind of saying, well, now that you mention it, I did see a poor person. Wow. Wow, that is really interesting, Andrew. Really interesting. Well, speaking of sports, actually, Kraken hockey fans were given some terrible news this week. Cable company Xfinity moved regional sports network Root Sports to the most expensive cable package. On the same day the Kraken season was set to kick off, the price increased by $18.50 a month, which doesn't read like much. I don't know, but that adds up when you're paying for cable. I'm, you know, I understand this frustration right away because as a person who tries to balance a budget in this year, 2023, in the city of Seattle, everybody's always picking me 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there. Oh, your car insurance is 30 bucks a month more expensive now. You're both sports fans. How do you feel about this? It, it, it's ridiculous. I'll jump in. Um, I, I think it's 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 wild that, as you said, it feels like everything's just kind of getting more expensive. And everywhere you look, uh, the, these large companies, these huge media corporations are like, hey, 
you know, by the way, like I get uh, emails from all the streaming services, whether it's Apple Plus or Hulu, and they say an update to your plan. This is an update. Just letting you know <laughs> that we are now bilking you for even more money every single month. Uh, and you're like, okay, all right, I guess. Uh, but I think for Seattle sports fans, um, you know, going to a Kraken game is very expensive. Uh, really expensive. cost prohibitive. For a lot of people, it's not a thing that just on a whim, a family of four could just, you know, take their kids out to. It's very, very expensive to go to. And, uh, yeah, just trying to, you know, okay, at the end of the day, enjoy the home team and root for your your local sports team. Uh, just feels like it's getting more and more difficult. Uh, so I'm a big fan of uh, pirate streaming, streaming <laughs> online. Uh, make sure you use a VPN for your protection. DuckDuckGo is a great search engine. Don't give them your money. Find a link on Reddit and and watch it there. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to already make the disclaimer that <laughs> Patricia Murphy, Seattle Now, and KOW does not support piracy, stealing piracy of any kind. Sure. There we go. I, I love sure. that you went there, Casey, because I was going to admit the same thing, and I thought it was going to be shocking. But here's the deal. For people who are not sports fans, I understand you might even just think this whole conversation is frivolous. But for, I, I'm going to speak from the perspective of a baseball fan now, specifically a Seattle Mariners fan. For folks who don't know, let's say you're a, you're a Mariners fan like me. You can buy an MLB app that shows you all of the baseball games. It's $25 a month. Except it doesn't show you... The Mariners games because they're blacked out in market. So as a Mariners fan who spends and I do for some reason I do this, I pay twenty five dollars a month so I can watch baseball games, but I can't watch my own team on it. Why? Because they've set up a special deal with the um, with the regional sports network Root Sports and they have an agreement with the cable company. And so they don't want to be, you know, the MLB shouldn't be, you know eating out of those profits. So then you're like, okay, well then if I want to do this legally, I have to get root sports. How can I get that? Xfinity is probably going to be the way. There's a couple of other ways, but they're somewhat complicated and not as easy to get. So fine, I'll pay whatever it is and I'll buy all of these channels that I don't even want just so I can watch the Mariners game. And then they say, okay, well, guess what? Now that's going to be whatever it adds up to, to another 200 bucks a year or whatever. Um, on top of that, because we're, we're moving it up into another tier, they have done everything. I mean, from now, this particular issue is not the fault of the Mariners or Major League Baseball, but generally speaking, with all these various agreements, including giving Apple the rights to broadcast some of these games and then taking them off of Root Sports, so you won't even be able to see every single Mariners game because Apple's going to buy some of those rights, then you got to buy the Apple streaming service. They are disrespecting fans in a way that is just mind-boggling, and we're going to hit a breaking point. I don't know what it looks like. For me, it looks like a VPN. <laughs> well, yes. let me just put in here, the Seattle Times says this was done against the wishes of the Kraken, the Mariners, and the Portland Trailblazers. The Mariners own a majority stake in Root Sports, and Root Sports released a statement. Everybody's pointing at each other. Reminds me of that Spider-Man meme. No, 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 no. Root Sports released a statement saying they were disappointed in the move, especially at how bad the timing was. Timing was bad or convenient, right? I'm just going to put that out there. My husband is a Boston sports fan, which costs us an extremely ridiculous amount of money every month so that he can watch games. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. 
What's it like to live with a Boston sports fan? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's mostly depressing, actually. <laughs> All right, one more thing before we go. Coca-Cola is wrapping massive red banners across parts of the Seattle to Bainbridge Ferry, and people don't like it. Our own Dyer Oxley put together some reactions. On social media, people are saying it looks tacky, went so far as to say... Their eyes feel violated. I don't know. Are you violated? I mean, I feel like this is a little precious. <laughs> this is causing me trauma. Um, I uh, I don't take the fairies, so take what I say with a grain of salt, of course. But um, this doesn't really bother me too much. I understand, though, if taxpayer dollars are going into the ferry system and there's you know a fee to take the ferries as well, which does not cover the cost of the ferries. And then you're throwing up like huge corporate logos on things. I think it might be nice. I don't know if this is possible, but it might be nice if the people who operate the ferry can say, this is what this ad bought. In mm. other words, instead of just throwing it into this pot of money that's mixed up with everything else, it would be kind of nice to say the money that this campaign that is violating some people's eyes allowed us to do X, Y, or Z. So it doesn't just sort of feel like, oh, they're just going to keep on like making the boats look ugly as well as taxing us and all of these things. Let's define the violation. These banners go across the front of the boat, and I guess they run up the stairwells, like a little Coca-Cola stairwell. Is it going <laughs> to buy a new boat? That's what I want to know. It would be nice to know, like, yeah, what, what is this paying for? You know, maybe Coca-Cola branded lifeboats or, you know, th this railing paid for by Coke or something like that. I just so happen, oh, what's this? Yep, yep, I'm wearing my official... <laughs> you got your fairy sweatshirt I just on. happen to have this on, co completely coincidence, because these are the only colors the fairy should be, right here, okay? <laughs> green uh, and my white. blood runs white and green. And we are going to leave it there. Andrew Walsh is the co-host of the Too Beautiful to Live podcast, and Casey Martin is a reporter at KUOW. Really appreciate you two. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Seattle Now. We can only make this show with your support. Click the link in the show notes to help make it happen. And thanks. Today's episode was produced by Vaughn Jones. Our production team also includes Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Jenny Cecil Moore, and Claire McGrain. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you Monday. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.